Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. Allegations of racism and threats to democracy. That's how Democrats are responding to the expulsion of two Tennessee lawmakers. Swimmer Riley Gaines ambushed by transgender activists for speaking out about women's sports. And while Republicans advocate for wide-reaching bans on transgender athletes, the White House and the Supreme Court are pushing back. A new report accuses Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas of accepting numerous trips from a Republican mega-donor and not disclosing them. Now Thomas is responding. Several documents of what appears to be secret information about the war in Ukraine have been leaked online. Find out what's in them and what U.S. officials say isn't accurate. And fighting between Israel and terrorist group Hamas threatened to spiral out of control after the Israeli military hit sites in Lebanon and Gaza. The House Oversight Committee has subpoenaed several banks asking for Biden Family Associates financial records. Fox News confirmed the news today. Subpoenas were issued to Bank of America, Cathay Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase, and HSBC USA. The committee also subpoenaed former Hunter Biden business associate Mervyn Yan, asking for financial records. Representative Jamie Raskin, the top Democrat on the committee, complained that committee chairman James Comer was trying to hide information from Democrats. Comer told Fox News, we have the bank records and the facts are not good for the Biden family. And another political news, Democrats today are heavily criticizing Tennessee lawmakers for expelling two representatives. Many are accusing Tennessee Republicans of being racist. GOP lawmakers respond by saying the expul expulsion was needed. NTD's Arian Pazdar has the latest. It looked like a Jim Crow era trial. On Thursday, Tennessee state lawmakers decided to expel representatives Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Lawmakers also voted on expelling Representative Gloria Johnson, but she managed to stay in her seat by one vote. Republicans explained the decision to expel, saying it was needed to preserve order in the state capitol and not set a wrong president. The three representatives led a group of anti-gun protesters who stormed the Tennessee state capitol last week. Johnson, unlike Jones and Pearson, did not use a megaphone to lead chants during the protest. This may have been why she was spared from being expelled. However, she had a different explanation for why she wasn't expelled. I think it's pretty clear I'm a six-year-old white woman, and they are two young black men. I was talked down to as a woman, mansplained to, but it was completely different from the questioning that they got. And this whole idea that, you know, why, you know, that you have to almost assimilate into this body to be like us. She added that she now feels like North Korea has more democracy than the United States. Justin Jones, one of the two expelled lawmakers, on Friday morning said he wants to continue in politics. I mean, definitely. I think what happened was a travesty of democracy because it, um, they expelled the two youngest black lawmakers, which is no coincidence, um, from the Tennessee legislature. Um, because we are outspoken, because we fight for our district, and I, I will, you know, want to continue to do that, and I, whether I'm inside the chamber or outside the chamber, um, because what we saw in Tennessee yesterday was, was an attack on democracy and, and, and a very overt racism. 
President Biden on Thursday condemned the expulsion, saying, rather than debating the merits of the issue, these Republican lawmakers have chosen to punish, silence, and expel duly elected representatives of the people of Tennessee. Vice President Kamala Harris is traveling to Tennessee on Friday to meet with the two former lawmakers. She's also expected to talk about restricting gun laws in wake of the Tennessee protests. Various Democrats took to Twitter, criticizing Tennessee's decision. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer wrote, apparently Tennessee Republicans care more about stopping certain Democrats from speaking than they do about stopping America's kids from getting shot to death in schools. According to House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, America is in the midst of a gun violence epidemic. MAGA Republicans respond by baselessly expelling legislators in Tennessee. Our democracy is under attack. Tennessee will hold a special election for the two vacant seats in a few months. Until then, interim representatives will fill the spots. The expelled lawmakers will be able to run again in the special election. Arian Pastar, NTD News. All House Republicans but one voted to expel all three lawmakers. The single representative who voted against expelling the white lawmaker responded to the allegations of racism. He says the allegations are baseless and reflect today's political climate in the U.S. He also said that he intended to vote to expel all three, but the evidence presented by Johnson's attorney convinced him that the case against her had inconsistencies. And debates are intensifying over transgender sports. Republicans are backing a swimmer who was attacked for her criticism of transgender athletes in women's sports while the White House unveils a new proposal in the opposite direction. NTD's Iris Tao has more. A record-setting swimmer says she was ambushed and physically hit by trans activists while giving a speech about protecting women's sports at San Francisco State University. Riley Gaines, a 12-time All-American champion who competed against controversial trans swimmer Leah Thomas, has been an outspoken critic of trans athletes participating in women's sports. In addition to being forced to give up our awards, our titles, not opportunities, the NCAA forced female swimmers to share a locker room with Thomas. After Gaines shared the alarming footage of cops hustling her to safety on Thursday night, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy chimed in on Friday and calling it an appalling attack of free speech on a college campus, adding the House Republicans stand with their efforts to protect women's sports. The latest incident comes as a slew of Republican-controlled states around the country are enacting legislation to ban or restrict trans athletes from taking part in school sports. But the White House is pushing back. This is a dangerous, a dangerous attack on the rights of parents to make the best health care decisions for their own kids. The Biden administration on Thursday proposed a rule that would change Title IX and forbid schools around the country from enacting outright bans on trans athletes competing in sports. On that same note, the Supreme Court on Thursday also refused to allow West Virginia to ban trans athletes from public schools' female sports teams, while an appeals court considers a challenge to the law. But GOP lawmakers say they won't back down. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy called the White House's latest proposal anti-women, adding the Republican will not let administration dismantle Title IX. Reporting from the White House, Iris Howe, Wet TD News. And next we hear from a woman who survived Mao's cultural revolution in China, fled to America, and even ran for the U.S. Congress last year. 
Lily Tang Williams peers through the lens of history in her assessment of recent developments in the transgender and gun control movements. Let's see that now. Lily Tang Williams, welcome to our show. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for the invite. Now, you and other Chinese Americans have drawn parallels between pro-trans and other far-left activists and the Red Guard, brigades of militant students who helped purge Chinese society of those who opposed Mao's rule during the Cultural Revolution, which you lived through. Tell me more about the parallels that you see. Well, that, uh, you know, the, the hallmark of Mao's Cultural Revolution is uh, to use identity politics and weaponize the youth who are idealistic and worship his regime, worship him as a god, so that uh, he used almost semi-religious indoctrination and daily propaganda to get them to be weaponized and militarized and uh, even toward the end, and they're very violent to torture people who are not so-called red classes. And uh, so I've been warning people about this uh, kind of uh, indoctrination in our schools and colleges because young people, they're not taught the history very well. So they don't recognize those tactics and they also and I don't know that uh, what is really truth. So we are very terrified and to say that what is happening today in America. We've seen pro-trans activists recently accosting NCAA champion Riley Gaines after she spoke out for women's rights in sports. And it follows a similar event in New Zealand where a protester threw sauce on the speaker amid unruly protests. Do you see that these marks of violence as connected to communist ideology? Well, they certainly use their tactics. Our young people in this country don't know what they're doing, and they don't think and they are the ones who are fascists and who are silenced other people. They think they're right because they are brainwashed to believe their cause is number one priority. They got to do this uh, you know, thing right and be part of this uh, so-called transgender movement. But the thing is, so if they study history, then they will know Mao actually used young people, even used young girls, uh, and want them to actually look dressed like boys, like soldiers, and to join the revolution, destroy four cultures. And he's trying to create a genderless societies, erase girls and women and the gender differences, and get them all to be loyal to the revolution. And uh, so I feel so sorry to see those young people are being used and naive, idealistic, and now getting involved in this kind of movement, almost use a mob tactics, which can lead to the violence and the injury and death of people to against the opposition. So it's not like about America. We don't have to agree with each other. We can have discussion and conversations. No, you must be shut up if you don't agree with us. So there's no free speech on college campuses. If you don't agree with them, you don't cut out to them, and they're gonna come to shut down your speech event, and they will you know, uh, even damage you personally in terms of a physical health. It's, uh, it's very sad to see this happening. And turning to gun control now, you've been alerting people to precedents in history where gun control preceded state-enforced atrocities. What's the lesson that you think that we should draw from that, and, and what's an example of that? 
Well, that I understand young people want to participate and to you know reduce the crimes and they're very afraid and they live in fear. But the thing is, though, they don't understand the, the truth. They don't understand the cause of the problems. Number one, gun-free zones for schools are drawing criminals come to do the damage, do the harm. Because, you know, hey, nobody with guns legally can shut them down immediately. You have to call 911 first. And secondly, they bought into the left media rhetoric. The Republicans are the bad people. And if you support Second Amendment, right? But the Ted Cruz just offered lots of help from the federal government to arm guards to protect students' safety in schools and to give more funding. And the Democrats shut him down. They don't want to talk about how to really protect students and teachers, but they just want to use gun control. But the gun control, we all know, whoever fled totalitarian regimes, gun control works because everybody will be enslaved. You don't have access to guns, and you cannot have a way to fight back. Our founding fathers to put the Second Amendment in the Constitution because they know that's the only way we can stop, prevent tyranny in the United States of America. History lessons need to be taught. The communism evils need to be taught in our schools, but our schools are not focused on that today. They are focused on Marxism, socialism, transgenderism, identity politics. America is a systemic racist country, capitalism bad. It's very terrifying for me to say that. Did, did the communists follow me come to America or they are all over the worst Western countries? Maybe we don't call them communists because people don't recognize they are actually using the communist tactics to divide people to do the revolutions. So it takes us immigrants who see the writings on the wall to come out publicly and loudly to educate the public, to warn people. We don't want to go down that path. Thank you so much, Lily Tang Williams, former New Hampshire congressional candidate and a survivor of Mao's Cultural Revolution. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And more on China's communist regime, which is retaliating against American organizations for continuing their ties with Taiwan. A bipartisan delegation currently visiting the island makes clear the U.S. intends to keep supporting democracy in Taiwan. Today, a Republican and a Democratic representative spoke on the issue. Today, we were with the legislature here. Uh, in Taiwan. It was really an honor to be uh, able to witness uh, part of the session. And it was a not, a, not just a bipartisan uh, group of lawmakers, it's a quadripartisan group of lawmakers. And so anytime we can do what we can do to lift democracy, that's really our mission here. And, and that is the truth. We need a, a, a robust exchange of ideas. That is what democracy uh, is about. Uh, we're seeing it here on the island of Taiwan. Meanwhile, the Chinese Communist Party has sanctioned two American organizations, the Hudson Institute and the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library, hosted Taiwan's president during her recent travel to the U.S. The organizations are now banned from any cooperation, exchange or transaction with China. This includes Chinese institutions and individuals. Key leaders of the organizations are also personally affected. They'll be barred from visiting China, have any assets in the country frozen, and more. A Taiwanese government agency handling China relations condemns the sanctions, calling it an intimidation attempt.
Justice Clarence Thomas is addressing criticisms that he failed to disclose luxury trips he took with a billionaire. This stems from a report yesterday from investigative journalism group ProPublica. The report catalogs various trips that Thomas accepted from Republican megadonor and businessman Harlan Crow. The report says that for more than two decades, Thomas has gone on luxury trips aboard Crow's yacht and private jet and vacationed at Crow's private resorts. ProPublica alleges that the justice failed to report the trips on financial disclosure forms. In a rare statement sent via the Supreme Court's Public Information Office, Thomas said that the trips he took with Crow were personal hospitality from close personal friends and that he didn't disclose them at the time because he was advised that he didn't have to report such trips. Thomas says Crow and his wife are among his family's dearest friends. Several documents of what appears to be secret information about the war in Ukraine have been leaked online. And if the documents prove to be true, it could mean U.S. troops are on the ground in Ukraine. NTD's Jason Perry takes a look at those documents. The Pentagon is now investigating what appears to be secret documents about the war in Ukraine that were leaked online. They appear to be U.S. and NATO military documents with classification markings of secret and top secret. As of now, no official statements have been made about who was responsible for the alleged leak. In an email to NTD, the Pentagon gave us this statement. We are aware of the reports of social media posts and the department is reviewing the matter. U.S. officials say the documents look like real slides from the Pentagon, but also say some of the information has been altered. For example, a document from March 2023 classified as secret says between 60,000 to 70,000 Ukrainian troops have been killed in action, which is higher than what the Pentagon says it estimates. The documents also estimate Russia's casualties to be around 16,000 to 17,000. But U.S. officials say they estimate around 200,000 Russian troops have been killed in action. Another document, also classified as secret, is dated February 2023. It shows the amount of Western weapon systems that Ukraine currently has on hand and the estimated delivery of additional systems. And it also lists the training Ukrainian forces have or are expected to have on those systems. The director of grand strategy at Quincy Institute, George Beebe, had this to say on the Hill. One potential hypothesis here is that this was designed to get the Russians to let their guard down, to, uh, to think that the Ukrainians are not going to be coming at them with, with big numbers and overwhelming force. And that's possible. But I think if you were really trying to throw the Russians off, you would want to include some things that would include where and when the Ukrainians might be attacking. That would be the ultimate aim of this kind of deception. Something else that was shown in the documents is the presence of nearly 100 special operations troops in Ukraine from NATO countries, including from the United States, France and the UK, according to the New York Post. Russia's Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said this in a statement to CNN. We don't have the slightest doubt about the direct and indirect involvement of the United States and NATO in the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Well, of course, it makes the whole story more complicated, but it can't influence the final outcome of the special operation. Jason Perry, NTD News. And in Israel, concerns of a broadening conflict. Israel's military hit sites in Lebanon and Gaza this morning in retaliation for rocket attacks it blames on terrorist group 
Hamas. In the West Bank, two women were killed and one was severely injured when their car came under fire and crashed. Those killed were two sisters, ages 16 and 20, and were dual British-Israeli nationals. It's being called the most intense violence at the Israel-Lebanon border since 2006. Israel's military hit sites in Lebanon and Gaza early on Friday in retaliation to rockets fired at northern and southern Israel over the previous day. Israel blamed those attacks on the terrorist group Hamas as tensions threatened to spiral out of control after police raids this week on the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. Earlier this week, Israeli police clashed with Palestinian worshippers, arresting and removing hundreds of people from the compound during the Muslim holy month of Ramadan. The clash happened after some worshippers tried to barricade themselves inside the mosque. According to the Jerusalem Post, Israeli police said there is an agreement to not allow overnight stays at mosques on the Al-Aqsa complex. It was the night before Jewish Passover, and Israeli police said that Palestinians who tried to stay overnight in the past week and a half were planning to attack Jewish visitors at the site during the morning visiting hours. The ensuing rocket attacks on Thursday on Israeli towns were the largest from Lebanon since a 2006 war. Israel's military responded with airstrikes early on Friday. In Lebanon, residents like Abu Hussein said he felt the airstrikes in the early hours, and the strike appeared to have left a large crater in the farmland. The UN peacekeeping mission in Lebanon said it had been in contact with the parties involved. In Gaza, the streets were largely empty after Israeli airstrikes hit the area earlier. Israel said its jets hit 10 targets linked to Hamas. No rocket response so far from Lebanon following Friday morning's Israeli airstrikes. However, late Friday afternoon, Israel's foreign ministry posted on Twitter that one person was killed and six others wounded in what they call a terror attack in Tel Aviv. The tweet says police reported a vehicle hit several pedestrians at Tel Aviv's promenade. It was not yet clear who was responsible for the attack. Over in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis is planning to take new action against Disney. The latest dispute comes as Disney tries to keep its self-governing power. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on Thursday promised more legislative actions against Disney. Earlier this year, Florida lawmakers stripped Disney of its self-governing status, but the dispute isn't over. Disney recently tried to hold on to its power by outmaneuvering the governing board appointed by DeSantis. There's a provision of Florida law where, where the legislature can void that. I think that our, the state board's going to void it too, so on both ends, I think that'll be taken care of. But what the speaker said and what I've said is, is now that this has been reopened, all options are on the table. The new board members appointed by DeSantis said Disney-controlled predecessors passed a series of agreements that stripped the new board of its power. Disney's latest move stunned the DeSantis administration. The Florida governor addressed the dispute in a Q&A session Friday. In the ensuing weeks, you're going to see a lot of very, very strong action that's going to basically validate uh, what we said. But there will be additional legislative action taken in Tallahassee uh, that will uh, nullify what they tried to do at the 11th hour. The Florida governor has hired lawyers to examine the legality of the agreements and called on Florida's chief inspector general to conduct an investigation. DeSantis said he's also considering imposing new hotel taxes and tolls on Disney World.
Reporting by Allison Lee, NTD News. And now to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Thank you, Steph. Round two of the Masters kicked off this morning with Brooks Kepka being the early winner, shooting a 5 under 67 to put him at now 12 under par for the event and atop the early leaderboard. Kepka got a birdie on the second hole and an eagle on eight before mixing in two more birdies on the back nine while avoiding any bogeys. The 32-year-old has won four majors before, none at the Masters, yet is perhaps best known for being one of the highest profile players to compete in the rival Live Golf League. Now, even though some players have left the PGA Tour for Live, the Masters, like the other three majors in golf, operate independent of the PGA Tour. They have their own rules for qualification, and that includes any past champions or anyone who's won a major in the previous five years. Meanwhile, five-time Masters champion Tiger Woods, who reportedly rejected a $700 million offer to join Liv, was back in action today after shooting a two-over par yesterday. The 47-year-old nearly missed a hole in one on six, but instead had to settle for par. He was one over through his first seven holes before play was temporarily suspended due to inclement weather. And for your sports viewing schedule tonight, another busy night in the NBA. 11 games on and with just three days left in the regular season, a number of these have major playoff implications, including the Suns-Lakers matchup in LA. Phoenix has now won seven straight to jump to the fourth spot in the West, while LA is seventh, but among a cluster of teams jockeying for position. And finally, in baseball, six games on tonight, featuring a Dodgers-Diamondbacks clash with old rivals Clayton Kershaw and Madison Bumgarner on the mound. This is the 13th time these two starters have squared off against each other, with their teams having split the first 12 games dating back more than a decade. And that's it for your sports news today. Steph, over to you. Thanks, Dave. And breaking news from the Masters Golf Tournament. As a couple of large trees have fallen due to high winds, the play has been suspended for now for the second time today. Meanwhile, five-time champion Tiger Woods is at even par through 11 holes. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox. Good night.